Hello and welcome again to Controversies in Church History, a podcast that takes you into all the most uh, interesting, important, but also controversial episodes in the life and history of the Roman Catholic Church. My name is Derek Taylor, your host for the podcast. Welcome to one and all. Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to all the people out there um, uh, who are keep liking my, my, my posts on social media and stuff and and let me know you like the podcast. I very appreciate it. Remember, you can find us on the web at churchcontraries.com, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as on uh, Patreon if you'd like to become a patron of the podcast. Uh, welcome to everyone. Uh, this little episode's a reader response episode, which it's nice to get uh, reader responses or listener response. Did I say reader response? Listener response. <laughs> I've been trying to interact with you guys more. <clears throat> and so this is a little follow-up to my my um, episode a couple weeks ago on Elizabeth Anscombe and the bomb, on the atom bomb, and her uh, criticism of Harry Truman. I did a little episode on this. And I want to thank uh, one of our listeners uh, who left a message. I, this is something I, I, I keep forgetting to remind everybody. If you go to Spotify for Podcasters, you can leave voice messages for me. And I can respond to them. I will play them. I'm actually going to play one here in a moment. But um, please do that. If you have any, you know, if you have any comments you want to make, things you want to say, questions you want to ask, uh, I'm more than happy to uh, respond and uh, and uh, do a little uh, impromptu episode on it here. But uh, listener, um, uh, Mr. Edward G. Stafford left a, a voice message. Uh, for me and asked a very good question about the episode, made some good points I'll respond to. So I'm going to play this uh, for a second, it's only about a minute long, and then let you guys know, uh, respond and answer Edward's question. So um, uh, here is his question. In reference to your August 9th podcast concerning Anscombe Truman and the use of the atomic bomb, my question is whether your premise is correct. I don't know that if you read Anscombe's self-published um, essay about um, Mr. Truman's degree, whether she actually says that Truman was a mass murderer. I don't know that she levels that against him. It's clearly implied, but if you really parse it closely, as would make sense for anything written by Anscombe, since she was a very, very careful scholar, um, I'm not so sure that she accuses him of being a mass murderer, but she is simply saying that the use of these weapons would constitute mass murder. But one thing she did not look at was his intention to save other innocent lives. All right, so there you go. There was Edward's question. Thank you very much, Edward. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's a good question. So there's basically two parts to it. I'll answer both uh, here. The first is my premise um, about her accusing uh, Truman of being a mass murderer. And the answer is you are correct. <laughs> and I have to admit, I knew that. <laughs> I was being provocative. <laughs> I was trying to get people to respond. And so it worked. So I feel good about this. But no, I was reading that into her. Um, and she does say, and I actually have, we'll go to the, about this in a second, uh, I have the actual, uh, her essay up in front of me, I've read it. I mean, it seems she spent a lot of time in it actually defending herself against the charge of pacifism, which is interesting. But yeah, she, she basically says that the burden of her argument is that any, you know, this is the Catholic teaching, any 
intentional taking of, of, of innocent lives is effectively murder. And so, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think she would say that. I don't think she would. Um, uh, I would not either. I actually, I, I kind of agree with that position. Uh, however, this is where it gets to, this is where it gets little, like, would she say it's mass murder? I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an Enscombe. I don't know. I'm not a philosopher by training. I'm, I don't know the, um, the ins and outs of what she would say. Uh, I do think it is mass murder. Um, I don't think you can avoid that. I think, you know, I, th- I think the bomb, firebombing of Dresden, the fire, the bombing of Dresden, the firebombing of Tokyo were also, I mean, they killed thousands of innocent civilians. That's intentionally, that seems like mass murder to me. Um, the distinction I would make, by the way, I think, I, I don't know if I made this on the actual podcast, is that I think there's a difference. And this is what people get upset about. And I, I get this because I don't think, because when you say something like that, right, well, dropping of the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki is mass murder. People are like, are you saying that, you know, that Harry Truman was basically as bad as Hitler? And, you know, I, I don't like the defensive way of putting it. It's actually a good, I think it's a good point to raise. I don't think he's the equivalent, the moral equivalent of, 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 of Adolf Hitler. And the reason why is very simple. Adolf Hitler, you know, again, I guess you could say, I guess you could say Truman did it twice because he bombed him twice. But, um, basically, essentially, those that was a one-off thing for him. And again, you have the, you have the, you have the, again. I, I say one-off. They firebombed Tokyo. They, the, the that was the British who, who bombed uh, Dresden, and killed a bunch of innocent civilians. Those were clearly exceptional matters. Even the people who the most staunch defenders, <clears throat> at least the ones I've heard anyway of Truman is that, well, this was a, a, an emergency situation. We had to do this to save life. That's the general idea is that it was not supposed to be a normal policy. The difference with Hitler is that it was. <laughs> Multiple acts of mass murder, which he ultimately is responsible for. Although, by the way, if you want to get real technical about this, the Nazis were very good. Um, their, their, I don't want to say their system, but their organization of like, you know, their hierarchy of who's responsible for what was intentionally, like, unclear, probably to hide responsibility for people doing things, awful things. And they were very good at destroying records as well toward the end of the war. So we don't know exactly, we, we don't know exactly, we don't have a paper trail that says Hitler did this, but we know he's ultimately responsible. So we, I say he's a mass murderer because he committed, you know, multiple acts continuously of mass murder. And so it's a policy with him. That's the distinction I would make. And that Truman, it's kind of not... He committed mass murder. He's not a mass murderer. I don't know if Anne's going to buy that distinction. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what her... what her, um, How she would proceed with that. And I, again, I'm not a, a moral philosopher. And I don't want to get in debate with her, even though she's dead. Uh, I will say the other part of Edward's question uh, mentions her not taking into account the intention to save lives... She does do that in the actual essay. Uh, if, you, if the essay you're referencing is um, Mr. Truman's degree, I have I don't know what I, I found this on the internet. It says page two. It's an eight-page thing. Anyway, this is page three. Excuse me. And I'll read the relevant passage here. And she, this is what she says here. Is uh, she's talking about this? Uh, it's in the second column. If you have that, anyway, she says this. It, she's quoting somebody else as making this argument. It says it pretty certainly, it pretty certainly saved a huge number of lives. It being the dropping of the atom bomb. 
She goes on, given the conditions I agree, that is to say, if those bombs had not been dropped, the Allies would have had to invade Japan to achieve their aim, and they would have done so. Very many soldiers on both sides would have been killed. The Japanese, it is said, and it may well be true, would have massacred the prisoners of war, and large numbers of their civilian population would have been killed by a quote-unquote ordinary bombing. I do not dispute it. She's going on. Given the conditions, that was probably what was averted by that action. But what were the conditions? The unlimited objective, the fixation on unconditional surrender, the disregard of the fact that the Japanese were desirous of negotiating peace, the character of the Potsdam Declaration, their quote-unquote chance. I will not suggest, as some would like to do, that there was an exultant itch to use the new weapons, but it seems plausible to think that the consciousness of the possession of such instruments had its effect on the manner in which the Japanese were offered their quote-unquote chance. Uh, we can now reformulate the principle of doing evil that may good, good may come. Every fool can be as much of a knave as suits him, unquote. Um, what she's basically saying is, yes, it may have saved lives, but uh, if you had to invade, what she's saying is, what she's arguing is, the only reason you had to invade is because you simply wouldn't accept you know, a couple of conditions for their surrender. And again, you can debate that. Uh, I think uh, I think they would have surrendered. The, the, the one that I heard, the, the main stipulations, they, they wanted to have the emperor um, be sort of left out of any sort of, I guess, after, I, I, not be left, but didn't want him you know, taken prisoner or anything like that. He was sort of a symbol of the country. And that was basically their only real stipulation. And the United States said no. And... I think that's I, I think Anscombe's right about this. I, I, you know, I, I think I said this on the podcast. You know, what what was gained by not giving to that stipulation? They were willing, by the way, to totally disarm all that stuff. All those things were were, were already they were going to do that. Um, that you had to incinerate, you know, tens of maybe hundreds of thousands of people. And again, I just don't think it justifies it. And I'm pretty sure she doesn't think it, it justified it either. Obviously. But uh, and the sort of saving innocent lives things, at least with her, doesn't fly. It doesn't fly with me either. But um, good points to raise, though, and I want to thank Edward for his uh, for his contribution. Really appreciate it. Again, I encourage everybody. Hey, if you want to, uh, you want to do that, contact me. Let me know. Edward can contact me again. Any questions or comments you want to make or or what have you. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback. Um, uh, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. It means I'm I'm doing something right. So. In any case, um, that's that for the reader response. One other part of this podcast, this, this episode, just a few updates. <clears throat> so should be in a couple of days, a couple of n- new episodes dropping. Uh, one's a little, it's a, again, it's sort of one of these things I read part of my blog post uh, um, and um, do that for you. Um, that'll, be a, that'll be one on the, uh, it's actually, it's a contemporary thing. It's not even historical, but it's on the Synod on Synodality. I'll talk about that a little bit. And then this is for all, all listeners. Uh, I didn't get a chance last month to get out a, another episode of the series I'm doing on Latinization. Those series, like they normally drop beginning of the month for, for patrons and then the end of the month for, for everybody else. I'm just going to drop it. I've already, it's already dropped. It's already up there for patrons. I'm going to drop it probably in a few days just so you guys can get one to have it. I will have the next one for patrons in a couple of weeks and um yeah and thereafter oh there's one other, yeah that's okay that, that's what's upcoming uh and thereafter things are probably going to slow down as i mentioned before um 
my semester um, uh, starts on the 18th of September, so we'll slow down after that. One other thing, and yes, I actually shared this through social media, but I, I wanted to alert everyone to this. Months ago, back in January, I actually had an interview with the website called, it's a new one, called Five Books for Catholics. I guess it's, there's, an, there's a website called, there's a, I guess a website called Five Books where it recommends five books on subjects. So some smart people um, have decided to do this uh, for Catholics, and I was interviewed by, um, um, uh, interviewed for this, and the topic is Catholicism and liberalism. And I'm, I was unsure how they they had heard of me. They actually interviewed a lot more people who are a lot more like famous than these other things they do, and, and known in the Catholic world. But they interviewed me on this subject. Probably my my podcast. I have a. Uh, I did an earlier series on uh, Catholic liberalism, you know, all seven episodes. You can go back and listen to that if you like. I mentioned it in the interview. But I interviewed about this, and I recommend uh, some books on that subject. So if you're interested in that topic or just want to hear more about it, you can go to their website. I think it's fivebooksforcatholics.com, I think. You can Google it. You can find it. But uh, please go and listen to or, or find it on the link and go listen to that and help, uh, help give them some, some website traffic there. So... Uh, that is it. Be on the lookout for new episodes in the next couple of days. Once again, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to Edward Stafford. I appreciate him uh, interacting with me. And uh, remember, again, find me on the web, churchcontroversies.com. Find me uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and uh, on Patreon as well. And again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for being supportive. really appreciate it. God bless you all. Take care, and you'll be hearing from me soon.